Hi, this is Dr. Randy Bach. Today's March 23, 2022, and I am here for a conversation, um, viral conversation. We've been doing the coronavirus conversation week after week, um, and we've had some excellent guests. Last week, I, we had uh, Tal Bachman. I recommend you go back and look at that. Um, we've had Jay Bhattacharya, and uh, we've had Richard, Dr. Richard Amerling, um, Dr. Nathi Mladla uh, from South Africa. So there's some been some excellent shows. Um, and our, last year we had uh, Brent Kivit Kyler. Um, so I, I recommend you go look at some of our anthology. Uh, today, though, I'm going to talk about a virus and about a vaccine, but not specifically uh, coronavirus, COVID, uh, except you know maybe peripherally. Um, I, I came up with the idea for uh, today's show, actually only today. So my research is, um, uh, uh, I think it's, you know, it's there. It's not as potentially substantial as it could be, but I have had some previous thoughts on this topic. And the topic is shingles, uh, the vaccine. Um, the, uh, um, you know, it's it kind of gets pushed a lot. And I've, you know, I, I, I love vaccines, I love my vaccines, but I've always been a little bit skeptical about certain of them, uh, Gardasil uh, for one, and um, uh, Shangrix, uh, or Shingrix for shingles, uh, the other. Um, and I'll get to, I'll, I'll kind of take a pass on the Gardasil one uh, for right now. But um, my uh, wife was at the physician uh, earlier today, or excuse me, yesterday, and uh, she was uh, pushed to get the uh, shingles vaccine. And I know a lot of, um, I've gotten this question over and over again uh, from people, you know, in the, uh, you know, as we age, the older cohort, um, uh, to get, you know, the uh, shingles vaccine. And is this worthwhile? Um, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence on it. Uh, ostensibly, you know, shingles is a very time limited uh, episode. Um, People are familiar with getting herpes cold sores, and you can get them repeatedly. Uh, the herpes virus, uh, you know, you come into contact with, it gets on a mucosal membrane, and the virus uh, travels, if it's a oral cold sore, it travels, and it lives in the uh, trigeminal ganglion, uh, which is a nerve ending, uh, well, kind of a nerve ganglion, uh, kind of a nexus, um, and uh, sits there uh, somewhat inert and maybe, you know, covered by your immune system. And when you... Uh, when your immune system is looking the other way, uh, for instance, you have a cold, um, then the the uh, virion sees its opportunity, and in a sense, it kind of bungee jumps uh, down the nerve root and uh, has a you know kind of a party at your expense and uh, causes fever, blisters, whatever you want to call it. And so there's uh, type one herpes, uh, which is generally oral, and type two herpes, which is uh, you know the genital area. But there's a fair amount of interchange be between the two. And uh, especially, you know, with uh, sexual kind of mores and habits being what they are, there's there's you know reasonable uh, transference from one place to the other. And I don't think the the uh, virion itself, the virus, knows which uh, mucosal membrane it's on, whether it's a you know kind of a genital one or an oral one. And there are a lot of similarities between the two. So I, I'm not going to you know spend a lot of time on herpes and cold sores and so forth. Maybe we could do that another episode. But um, the point is that chickenpox is a herpes virus as well. Uh, it's called herpes zoster virus, and um, shingles itself is, is called herpes zoster. Um, and uh, um, so the, the original, you know, what you get first is chickenpox, which is varicella virus, which is, again, a herpes type virus. And, uh, you know, most people these days don't get chickenpox because there's a vaccine uh, uh, against chickenpox. Uh, but, you know, many of us had it um, back before the chickenpox uh, vaccine became 
um, you know, as prominent perhaps as it is today. I don't think it has full penetration even now across the U.S., uh, but I think it was, you know, it, I'm not sure exactly when it was invented, but it kind of got into primary use in the 70s and, and into the um, mid-1980s. Uh, I think it achieved more um, prevalence in pedi pediatricians' office and, you know, being given. Um, so I don't think people are getting chickenpox as much, but a lot of people, you know, in the uh, over, you know, over 50 age group um, have uh, had chickenpox and they are at risk of having kind of a, what you know, recrudescence, a, a re-emerging of the um, of the chickenpox herpes-like uh, virus, and it'll pop up. Um, in this case, it doesn't pop up along the uh, facial nerve ganglion. It, it pops up along uh, one of the uh, spinal uh, nerve ganglia, and uh, it generally comes up as a rash along what we call one dermatome, which means skin slice, dermatome. Um, and it'll travel out and it's on one side only, and it's along that nerve distribution. So the typical um, problem is a little bit like having a cold sore, but a bunch of them, or a little, or a little bit like having chickenpox, but just in one single band. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of them. Usually, they're along the rib cage, uh, but other places, and that's the most typical place uh, to get them, kind of on the torso. Um, and and so what? Well, you get this rash, and it's painful a little bit, but there's the the risk since it lives on the nerve itself of getting what's called a post-herpetic neuralgia. So post means after, herpes actually is a Greek word for snake, uh, which is what I think they thought the cold sores were, maybe a snake bite, or maybe they thought it slithered along the, the, the nerve root like a snake. I'm not sure how they came up with that name, but, but herpes is the same uh, word as snake. And uh, if you go, you know, the part of the zoo that houses the snakes is the herpetarium, um, anyway, Maybe maybe they did not call that anymore. But um, so this uh, you know herpes virus can can come up again, and it causes a problem. So the the post herpetic neuralgia is such that because it the, the shingles comes up, it's almost like a burn in a sense. It comes up and it you know it looks maybe as if you scalded your skin. You have some blisters and so forth, and along those lines. Um, it can, you know, kind of make that nerve singe a little bit, and you'll have pain along that nerve distribution uh, potentially longer thereafter, uh, months or maybe years, and, and potentially forever. So nobody wants to get post-herpetic neuralgia, and so the idea is you you get the shingles vaccine uh, to prevent uh, a shingles episode, which is fairly time limited, usually lasts a couple of weeks, um, but again, moreover to to eliminate the post-herpetic neuralgia. Now, I just wanted to kind of go over uh, the facts and figures of this problem and see if this is a worthwhile thing. And, uh, you know, is it something that people need to do? Um, my wife was uh, told by her doctor, well, first of all, she was asked, did you ever have measles? Uh, not chickenpox. And I asked her a couple of times, you sure the doctor said uh, measles? Um, so maybe that's just a flub and maybe my wife misheard it. I don't know. Um, she's never been wrong before. So I, you know, but, but you know, it, the question should be, have you ever had chickenpox? Now, it, it's somewhat an irrelevancy because theoretically you could have had chickenpox at a young age and not necessarily have known it, or your parents might not have transmitted the information adequately. You might have had it at a young age and they never brought it up. Um, so you could have a, a um, an immune titer to see if you've had uh, chickenpox ever before, uh, in which case, if it's positive, uh, then you might think about getting um, the uh, um, shingles vaccine. Um, 
because you might have the possibility of, of its awakening. Uh, the, again, often, I mean, for the most part, they don't awaken. Um, I would say, you know, people who have had chickenpox in their lifetimes, you know, two thirds of people will live uh, their lives and not ever have uh, shingles. And so they won't have this reawakening, it won't come back as chickenpox per se, it comes back as shingles. And people often ask, can you get chickenpox from somebody who has the shingles? Well, uh, no, not really. I mean, yes, theoretically you could if you, I mean, it's kind of gross. Uh, you can turn off the sound if you want, but basically if you kind of licked somebody's uh, shingles, uh, you could you could maybe get chickenpox if you'd never had chickenpox before, you never had the varicella vaccine. Uh, so that's kind of an odd thing. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a near impossibility. Uh, chickenpox itself is uh, respiratory and you can get it from coughing and sneezing and so forth and or touching the, the pox themselves. Um, and that's pretty much how it's transmitted amongst kids. Uh, a little bit sloppier with their, um, you know, sneezes and so forth. Um, but it's unlikely. I've never seen anybody get chickenpox from shingles. I've seen many, many, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of cases of shingles over the years uh, in primary care um, practice medicine. People coming to see me for that. Um, so the, the, th the thing that I've always been a little bit hesitant about uh, regarding the shot, uh, the shingles vaccine is, um, you know, does the cost, uh, you know, the, the, I mean, any vaccine, any shot, any medication can give you side effects. There are uh, potential side effects with the vaccine. Um, the question is, do they outweigh the potential benefits of not getting shingles? And so, the, you know, the answer to every question on earth is it depends. And in this case, uh, it partially depends on whether you are aware of having shingles. If you are aware of, of the shingles and you're aware of them for early on, uh, you can get uh, basically herpes medicine. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with Valtrex or um, uh, Zovirax, um, which are uh, versions of uh, anti-herpes medication. And if, if you, you know, come to be aware of the shingles early on, uh, you notice kind of a tingling and you see a band-like uh, pattern of pain and so forth, and you're getting a few little bubbles coming up. They look like cold sores, except they're not on your lips uh, or your genitals. Um, and you start, you know, you contact a physician, you uh, start Valtrex early on, um, you will reduce the uh, likelihood of getting post-herpetic neuralgia. And not everybody who gets shingles gets post-herpetic neuralgia anyway. Um, but it, it, it appears uh, from earlier studies that uh, the uh, Valtrex, Zovirax family, uh, the uh, acyclovir uh, family of, of antivirals uh, are very effective in uh, preventing post-herpetic neuralgia. They get rid of about half of the possibilities. I don't think that's so vastly different from what you uh, can reduce with the um, um, vaccine. It, it, it could be, um, but the, there, there are some problems. We'll get to those in a little bit. So I'm going to, I have some um, slides I, I want to put up. Uh, let's see if I can get things uh, ready for you. And tonight's show is uh, um, is probably going to be clock in around half hour. I've got uh, an affair to attend to tonight. Um, so I just thought I'd pop this one up. And if you have other questions and COVID and whatnot, uh, you can uh, pass them along and put them in the, the query uh, section. Um, so let's see. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to maybe make it into a slideshow. Um, so uh, this is, these are uh, shingles on a house. Uh, I don't know. I, I suppose I should look up how they came up with the term shingles. Uh, for this uh, illness, but I haven't done that yet. Uh, maybe you could uh, supply me with the answer if you don't mind. Um, and this is from the CDC. Um, nearly 500,000 people pe uh, over 60 years old. Uh, get <laughs> Oops, this is not good. Marshall, I have an audience here. 
um, and he was supposed to be quiet. Anyway, I apologize about that. Um, and uh, it says, one, you know, nearly one out of three adults will get shingles in their lifetime. That means two out of three adults will not get shingles in their lifetime. 98% um, of adults have had chicken pox or and are at risk for shingles. Well, th this number will be changing over time, uh, just so you know, because uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, as more people get the varicella vaccine, uh, they will not have chicken pox and they won't get chicken pox in the first place and there won't be any live chicken pox within you uh, in order to, uh, you know, live and, and come back again like, a, you know, one of these zombie movies or horror movies as, as um, shingles. So th this is the case now, but this will change. I, I'm going to come, I have another slide later that shows, the, you know, kind of, I think it doesn't quite make sense. The CDC will re be recommending uh, um, the shingles vaccine for people who have had uh, varicella vaccine to begin with. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, this is the, uh, the reason I kind of brought this up is there's some puzzling things about this. Whenever you kind of have the confluence of CDC and vaccine, uh, they might think about just changing their name for the Center of Disease Control to the Center for Vaccine Promotion. I think there's uh, a little bit of you know nonsense here, uh, but but be that as it may, I, I do think there's a role for uh, Shingrix um, in the adult population, and and that could be you. Um, it might not be you. So these are some of the the uh, uh, the data regarding um, the rate of of getting either zoster, which is then the you know the the actual band-like uh, rash along your torso, and PHN post herpetic neuralgia. This is the more problematic thing, um, uh, the the, the nerve-like pain. So th this is a problem that doesn't really happen amongst the youngsters. So if you get varicella at a young age, and then you get your shingles, uh, for the most part, we were taught in medical school originally that you know shing shingles is a one one per customer affair. That you've had the chicken pox, uh, you kind of the, the, it leaks out this one time as uh, shingles, and then you don't really get it again. And there's probably a similar effect to the vaccine because, again, similar to COVID, uh, if you've had COVID, the, the illness, you're not going to get COVID, the illness again. And if you give your immune system uh, the exposure to uh, the chickenpox uh, virion in the form of uh, the herpes zoster shingles, then you're probably not going to get it again. Um, the physician who saw my wife, and my wife has already had shingles a number of years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago. And uh, the physician told her that uh, she's even more likely to get uh, shingles again than the regular general population. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think it would be the case if you had some um, coexisting um, Ill, other illness and something that might be immunocompromising you. This sounds familiar to, uh, you know, COVID in a way. Um, if the co more co comorbidities you have and if you are immunocompromised, then, then you're in a different category of risk. And I think those people should be very uh, ginger about their health care in general. And they probably, you know, should, uh, you know, obviously consult with their own physicians. This is not intended to be medical advice across the board. Um, this is just kind of looking into uh, this issue. Um, but I, I don't, by that per se. I don't, I don't, I think that there might be a risk of getting it again in your lifetime, but I would imagine if the, if the, you know, vaccine works, then having the kind of the natural immunity come up from having the second episode of chickenpox would do the same thing and or better. Um, so this is, a, a again, like many, many, many things, including COVID, uh, this is a problem more in the elderly. And the numbers are not enormous. Um, I'm not sure what this rate 
uh, refers to whether percent per year or something like that. Um, but you know, if it's one one per three in your lifetime, you know, you, as you go through these decades, I guess these numbers will add up to 33%. But they're heavily weighted in the older years. And like everything else, I mean, you're going to get something, and you're going to get a bunch of somethings as you get older. So in the 70 or 80 year old age group, uh, this is something maybe to watch out for. I don't think there's much warrant in having a vaccine of this type before age 60, and age 60 is, lo and behold, the cutoff that the CDC recommends for beginning thinking about this. And they're also recommending a booster, and we'll get to that as well. Um, so this is uh, shingles incidence uh, per 100,000 people. So this number here, 10 per, excuse me, per 1,000 people. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, this number here, if you get this high, this is 1% of the population. And so that's in the um, greater than 70 year age group, which coincides with what you might expect from the previous slide, uh, this band up here. Um, the 30 to 49 year old age group is still getting apparently some shingles. Uh, I think this will peter out over time as the pervasiveness of people having been uh, vaccinated kind of increases through the population. I think there's a countervailing factor, which is uh, increased uh, immigration. And some other countries, if you're coming from Mexico or El Salvador or whatnot, you may not have gotten your varicella vaccination 30 years ago. So you could be a 30-year-old um, you know, El Salvadorino uh, in, living in the United States and more likely to get um, uh, recrudescence of chickenpox because you didn't get the vaccine. You had actual chickenpox when you're young. So uh, if you factor out kind of native board uh, Americans, have had the varicella vaccine. This number, I think, will go be going down over time. And I think the the kind of the open window, the window of opportunity for Shingrix uh, vaccine will diminish and be uh, gone in a number of decades when the uh, cohort of um, varicella vaccine penetration um, individuals reach this uh, age group of risk, as it were. But they won't have the risk because they don't have the original uh, varicella within them. Um, so this is uh, from a Canadian uh, site from uh, McMaster University. Um, the bottom line, shingles is a painful condition. Um, anyone who's had chickenpox, uh, and they're talking here about the live vaccine versus the um, attenuated, or excuse me, um, the new Shingrix. There was, a, I think, a, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I think it was Novavax or something like that, that was against uh, shingles, which was a live attenuated um, chickenpox-like vaccine. Uh, that one has has been uh, uh, taken off the market in the United States. So there's only Shingrix, which is really just a, a, a recombinant um, uh, fraction, kind of like the the spike protein kind of thing. Um, it's not the entire uh, virus. Um, and uh, so that's the only option here in the United States. Um, in Canada, they might do the other one. So this is the thing I was pointing out. This is from the CDC. Uh, what if somebody did or did not receive varicella? Uh, chickenpox vaccine or never had chickenpox, do they still need uh, shingles vaccine since the virus was never introduced in the system? Um, uh, you know, it's like, I, I, so what does it say here? Individuals uh, over 50, um, you know, should receive Shingrix even if they previously received varicella vaccine. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really get the sense of this. I think if you didn't have chickenpox and you have the varicella vaccine, I think that you're not really going to likely to get um, a, a rebirth of a, of a virus that was never in your body and for which you had immunization to begin with. Um, I could be wrong. I suppose this possibility that you don't have complete penetration of the chickenpox uh, 
um, vaccine and you might have had it, but I think if it's that mild, you were unaware of it, um, it's probably not gonna you know, be enough in your body to wake up later on. Um, this is, uh, you know, just to kind of show you the, in a sense, the minimal uh, value of the Shingrix, um, this is on the left-hand side here is dollar sign Q-A-L-Y, which is uh, the, the cost in dollars per quality adjusted life year. Uh, what is that? So that's in order to save a given a single year of life with this vaccine, um, it, it you will, will basically have to spend you know hundreds of thousands of dollars across the board. Um, now, of course, if that's your one year of life, um, you know maybe there's no 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 limit. But of course, in a in, a, in the real world, there's always uh, going to be uh, cost constraints and choices of how you want to spend your money. Uh, maybe your money be, needs to be spent on a better water supply. Maybe your need, money needs to be spent on um, you know changing the grid, uh, you know strengthening the electric grid, or uh, giving better transportation or uh, cigarette prevention or, uh, you know, counseling against narcotic overdose. I mean, there's lots of different ways to spend the money. So if you're only, you know, unitarily looking at, uh, you know, herpes uh, shingles as being the, only, you know, the sole vice, if this is the only problem of mankind, then then you might uh, have to, you know, look at this. Uh, but the value uh, decreases over time because the, the vaccine itself um, decreases in usefulness uh, over time. So there's some potential benefit for the first few years, and that tends to uh, drop off over time. And, and the difference uh, changes between these different age groups are 60, 70, and 80 year old age group. Um, and I'm going to just leave that here. If you want to uh, puzzle over that, you can. It's not the most obvious thing in the world. Uh, this one is even less obvious. <laughs> I'm having trouble uh, um, uh, kind of pondering this, and I'm going to maybe come back to it at a later date. I don't want to uh, um, have my ignorance show too uh, heavily here. Uh, but on the left axis, we have the probability of being cost effective. And these are different age groups, 60, 70, and 80 and above over here. So the 60, we'll just look at the 60-year-old. Um, and this is with a booster uh, within in the, in the, the um, circles and triangles, excuse me, boosters, yeah, with the circles and triangles with no booster. And and so the willingness to pay, the amount of money you're willing to sp spend to save a um, quality adjusted single life year, uh, if you're willing to spend more and more, um, then uh, uh, let's see, the probability of it being effective actually decreases over time. So I think what they're showing is that there's a, um, uh, this, if you have a booster at 10 years, then your money will have been better spent overall in, in prolonging that cost effectiveness. Uh, but I, I'm willing to be educated or re-educated on this topic. So if you have a better insight on this, uh, let me know. Uh, this is from a Korean um, study, which is listed over here in the bottom. Um, and this is the cumulative uh, recurrence rate of herpes zoster. So this is if you had it once, you've kissed me once, will you kiss me again? It was an old commercial. Um, from breath mints or something like that. And the question is, if you had it once, will you get it again? And uh, they, they keep adding lines here, and you can look at the bottom uh, to see what these are related, but we'll just look at the top chart over here. Uh, as time goes on, you have uh, perhaps a, uh, a distinct risk of getting a second case of it, but it, it kind of maxes out at about 10%. And since you know most of your cases, we go back um, to some of our earlier slides here, um, you know, let's go back to the beginning. Since most of your cases are up in this realm, you know, if you have maybe a 10% chance of getting it again, you're already 90 or, you know, 75 or 80 years old, 
um, you know, you're kind of at the end of life anyway. Um, so th this is, again, not the most common illness um, per year per year. And the, the likelihood of your getting it again, um, I don't think is, is that great. Uh, as far as my wife's physician, uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe there are some studies that show if you get it once, you, you're more likely to get again, get it again than general population because perhaps let's say you're immunocompromised to begin with. So you get your first case and you're still immunocompromised five years from then. So you get a second case. But I think in the general healthy population, uh, you are much less likely to get a second case than somebody is to get a first case. Um, so this goes to my earlier point about, you know, instead of, you know, totally avoiding the vaccine, what if you just wait till you get it and you take in this case, oral acyclovir. Uh, and there's also valcyclovir, which is a better version of Zovirax, uh, which is Valtrex. And here's on the bottom of the conclusion, the treatment of herpes zoster uh, with 800 milligrams per day of Zovirax within 72 hours, so early on, uh, may reduce the incidence of residual pain, that's herpes um, um, post-herpetic neuralgia, at six months by 46% in immunocompetent adults. So you're not immunocompromised, you're uh, you know, an adult with an intact immune system, uh, you're going to reduce your incidence, your, the likelihood of you getting post-herpetic neuralgia. Now, you know, th this may not be quite as good as the Syngrix itself, but again, if we go back um, to the earlier slide here, uh, the actual odds of you getting um, uh, post-herpetic neuralgia are pretty low if you're young and healthy, and, it, and you know, it increases to maybe, you know, 3% and so forth per year if you're uh, in the older age group. So I, I don't want to lay it on the elderly because God knows I'll be there soon enough if things work out. Um, but it's a consideration. Personally, you know, I, I will confide in you that I have not had the um, Shingrix uh, vaccine myself. Um, it's something to ponder. Um, I've not had um, uh, herpes zoster yet, uh, but I, I feel fairly confident uh, that that I would know when it, it happens um, and that I would uh, take the Valtrex uh, early enough on and adequate doses to avoid post-herpetic post neuralgia. In my own experience of treating people, um, I you know, had people come in all the time and I gave them a good healthy uh, dose of the Valtrex and I never had a complaint of post-herpetic neuralgia. That's not science, that's anecdote, but that's from my own cohort of uh, maybe doing this with you know, uh, 70 or 80 different episodes, maybe more over the years. And um, I didn't really get any complaints of post-herpetic neuralgia with treatment um, uh, of, um, of Valtrex. Uh, so who, this is a separate uh, issue. Uh, the CDC says some people shouldn't get the shingles vaccine. Um, I'm going to just leave this list here. Uh, if you're pregnant breastfeeding, you currently have shingles. And here they say you tested negative for um, uh, varicella zoster's virus. Um, so that's a little bit contradictory what we what we saw also from the CDC, um, and I'm just going to leave this list here. So if you're currently ill, I guess. Um, but then the other question is, you know, should you not get it for other reasons? Um, and I, again, as as the um, you know as the older people age out and disappear, and the younger people become the old people, I think this will become a little bit of a um, as they say a moot point. Um, my dog has to leave now, <laughs> so hopefully there's no more uh, barking, surprise barking. I apologize for that. Um, uh, and, and so you can see the, the penetration of the uh, varicella vaccine, and this likely will increase over time. Um, is that all I have for slides? Let's see. Um, yeah, I think that might be it for the slides. So let me just back out of this. Um, I'm going to remove this. 
and now you get a lot of me. Um, anyway, so what, what are the conclusions here? I, I, again, this is not a medical advice uh, column um, or podcast or videocast or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I think, I think you have to make your own decision about this kind of thing. Uh, I imagine most of my audience hasn't reached 60 years old, but those of you who have, uh, you can consider this and discuss it with your physician and make your own decision. I think, you know, frankly, if you're reasonably attentive about observing, if in fact, if and when you get a, a shingles uh, case of, uh, that, you know, kind of have this banded uh, rash and so forth, and you get the treatment early on, I think your risk of getting post neurologist is fairly low. Um, but, uh, you know, be that as it may, um, there are, you know, side effects from it. I guess I didn't post this, um, but like anything else, uh, let me see if I can... Uh, Mm -hmm. Oops, I closed the window. I apologize. Anyway, I was going to um, pull up. Um, why can't I see this? Oh, here we go. Um, so there is a window here. I have, uh, like anything else, there's a lawsuit. Um, so let me see if I can find this. Um, so this is, you know, this is, I, I'm not going to, um, I'm not endorsing this. I, I don't know the extent to which there are side effects. Uh, but like anything else, you can go to, you know, the VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event uh, Reaction System or something like that, whatever the response system that the CDC has. And you can go click in and put in um, uh, shingles or shingrix and whatever. Uh, but there is um, naturally a, a site uh, devoted to, uh, you know, getting yours if you've had problems with it. And, um, you know, so obviously there's some um uh lawsuits i guess the the previous one was zostavax that's the one of the name i didn't get correct earlier on that was the zoster vaccine live zvl um currently there's a, a, a not live it's just a fractional uh piece of protein uh shingrix uh so that uh, presumably there won't be the same level of side effects uh, as uh, as there had been with the zostavax so uh, i think that might be it for me today um i hope that was uh, on some level helpful and uh, interesting to you. And if it's not, um, well, let me know. Uh, if you have other topics you'd like to hear about, um, let, you know, just give me a buzz. Um, we're going to probably get back to some, uh, you know, kind of mopping up coronavirus issues. Although, you know, there's a lot to be said about that. I mean, every day I, I see something weird and bizarre um, in the COVID world. I was playing tennis earlier today, and uh, it's a big tennis pavilion, you know, enormous. I don't know what they are, 40-foot ceilings. And um, a young girl, I was taking a lesson a few courts down and she's probably, you know, 18, 15 to 18 and she's got a mask on, uh, you know, and she's playing like that, taking her lesson first 20 minutes with a mask. And then mysteriously the mask disappears. And I guess the virus uh, is no longer scared of her or vice versa. And she finished uh, like the next 40 minutes of her lesson without a mask. Um, so there you have it. Um, I'm going to call it a day and uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much. I hope this was helpful.